and welcome to Blizzard Watch. It's 2017, and we're still here watching Blizzard like a giant peacock on a mountain looking at a snowstorm. Except not. We're not doing that, because we're not peacocks. Thank God peacocks for that, too. Do that? No, they don't. They don't okay. watch things. The, the myth of Argus, of the many eyes, was being referenced there. I, I was being all clever and stuff. Sorry. Anyway, uh, with us this week, since he already jumped in, is the you know editor-in-chief and publisher and all-around king high god of Blizzard Watch, Alex Zeebart. Hi, that's me, I guess. That's you. Come on. Uh, what's you up? Gotta... <laughs> You're supposed to tell us what's up. Oh, um, I haven't been doing anything. Like, honestly, I've just been waiting for everything to get started and moving again after the holidays. The yeah. entire month of December just crawls. And nobody's doing anything. And there's no news. And I just want to get on with it. <laughs> Come on, January. Be useful. Also with us this week, um, she makes apparently terrifying Kahlua balls that got her own father drunk at some point. Is this what you're telling us? And, and Stickney. I didn't get my dad drunk. They okay. threatened to because he thought that they were really tasty and he wouldn't stop eating them. And I said, there's alcohol in that. At which point he was like, oh. And then he came back upstairs and stole a couple more. <laughs> I had to put them away so he would stop eating them. This is unusual for my father. But apparently he really liked the way they tasted. Anyway, um, yeah, hi. I had what my you... Christmas this weekend. Yes. Did I... you do anything good? Um. Well... I got, let's see, I got some sheet masks and I got these really cool World of Warcraft themed soaps that I think my sister dug up from Etsy somewhere. I don't know. They smell really good. One of them looks like a hearthstone and the other one is like this horde symbol that's kind of suspended in it. I don't know. And they both smell amazing. Um, well, I always see stuff like that. I always wonder what the thing is made of. Listen. Is, it, is it like just like but how did like do they color it differently? Is it like food coloring or something? I feel like they make like the shapes and then they put the shapes into the clear glycerin so that it just suspends. Like so, it's all soap. It's just different consistencies and okay. colors. I don't know. Um, I, I'm almost hesitant to use it though because it looks really cool, but it also smells amazing. So I really want to use it. The Hearthstone one, I don't think I'm going to use because while while it smells amazing. It's a hearthstone. It's so cool. Like it's just this big chunk of hearthstone. If you ever get into trouble, well, and you, if you ever get into trouble, you can always grab that bar of soap and go home. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. They, and then the other. Mention... Sorry. Go ahead. The other thing that I did this weekend was I kidnapped all four of my nephews and we went and saw Rogue One at a movie theater in the town my sister lives in, which is it's called the Egyptian and it's one of those old school themed movie theaters. From the 30s like the, Art Deco thing? Yeah, yeah. And this one is the Egyptian, so it's all Egyptian-themed, obviously. So when you walk in, it's like walking into a, a, a tomb where there's, like, columns, and it looks like sandstone, and there's pillars and things, and these torches and shiny pharaoh heads and hieroglyphics on the walls. It was pretty neat. Also, Rogue One was really good. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, even though Alex said that nothing is happening, some things are actually happening, so we're going to talk yeah. about it. Right Finally, yeah, as of today. Yeah. First up, well, Diablo's, Diablo people have been teasing their 20th anniversary event for a while, and we haven't really... There's still some stuff we don't know, but at least one of the things we do know is they finally released a pre, kind of... They call it a first look, but it's, it's stuff that was on the PTR, so it's not really a first look, so we don't know what's going on with that. But they released kind of a thing saying that, you know, very soon the uh, Darkening of Tristam will be released which is the patch 2.4.3 for Diablo 3. And in, in addition to having basically the entirety of the original Diablo playable in Diablo 3, 
Uh, it also has some uh, quality of life changes, some changes to some legendaries and some sets and so forth. But I think the real meat of that is the, is the Darkening of Tristam event. Uh, do either you want to talk about it or you want me to ramble on about it? I completely disagree. I think the most important part of the patch is you can buy all of your dyes in one place now. No, that's certainly Hooray. a nice thing. Um, as somebody who is not intensely into Diablo, every time I play, I'm like, okay, I need the white die. Which vendor has white? Okay, now I need the red one. Which one has red? And I hop from town to town just for a freaking die. Come on. I but they're all in one place now. Yeah, so. that, that is certainly something that is cool. But um, for me, I think the one of the reasons I, I'm going on about the Dark Tristam is because I can't think of another time that a video game has ever decided... Let's put the entirety of the first game inside our current game. This to me is like if I logged onto WoW someday and like like go to the portal in this town and have a mysterious adventure. And I went there and the mysterious adventure was that they built a dungeon that was Warcraft. Like the entirety of the original Warcraft campaign is in a dungeon now. And you can go in your current character and just experience all that stuff. That's that's the scale we're talking about. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's pretty big. I've... I've seen it done in a more straightforward way where, like, on the game menu, you can just pick, oh, I'll play the, the older one. Like, they'll release a, the trilogy as one package or whatever. Or, yeah. uh, but this allows you to actually take your the, – the, you're, yeah. not, you're not going back and actually playing Diablo, the, the original Diablo. You're taking your current Diablo character into the events of Diablo and having the entire, like, campaign, the original 16-level dungeon right there – complete with the npcs apparently you can even interact with the npcs and they say things like it's kind of aware of the fact that it's an anniversary event which i I don't know how that's going to go that could come off really well or it could be one of blizzard's things where it's totally too self-aware and you're like oh god yes work i will eventually have both of your legs i got it yeah work that's great (laughs) Yeah, so who knows? That's going to be, but I do think that that's really cool and interesting because of just how far they've gone to try to replicate it. Like they've got a pixelation layer over all the graphics when you're back when you go to the portal, so it looks more like the original Diablo. And they you changed have the, the movement. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 eight points of movement just like the original Diablo characters, so you don't go anywhere when you click you just go in one of eight directions. Um, yeah, the only thing that concerns me about that is like the retro filter. Because um, I've played other games where, like, as a gag, there will be a retro filter for something. Like, um, one of my, uh, a game I really like to play, just, like, in random downtime, is Binding of Isaac. And in Binding of Isaac, there's, like, a random effect you can get called Retrovision, which pixelates the screen briefly to make it look like it's 8-bit or, you know, Super NES or something like that. And the pixelation effect actually hurts my eyes. Like, I look away from the screen until the effect wears off. Uh, so if the, the filter over Diablo 3 is anything like that, it might be pretty bad. Um, there's a difference between actual like pixelated art style and just applying a filter. Yeah, so hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully they'll get it so it doesn't hurt your eyes or other people's eyes, because I'm sure that that's not the goal here. But yeah. I still find it fascinating that they even went and like, apparently, I was watching the movie that they put out, when they put, their, when they put their post up, they put out a short film with it talking about it. Apparently, the one thing that they weren't going to be able to do is recreate the old UI for Diablo when you went through. So they were like, well, we just, you know, we don't have the ability. So, oh, well, we won't have that. Apparently, three of the people on staff were like, no. And they came in on their own time and, and reprogrammed the UI. So there's a there's a the UI also replicates the original experience, and that's entirely because of these three people on their own time did it. Interesting. Um, so that, that to me is fascinating. I kind of wish that they'd put the old Warcraft games into Warcraft. I think that'd be funny. 
Yeah, I, like, put it, honestly, I mean, into World of Warcraft rather. I think it'd be if, funny if there was like a, t a you know a Caverns of Time dungeon where you literally went through the campaign from from Warcraft and you actually went to all the places that you did in Warcraft and experienced everything that you did in Warcraft. I'd be down for it. I Complete mean, be... with the medieval man over the credits. Yes. Yes. Especially <laughs> if, it, if it kept all the old music. Yes. Yes. The old music in Warcraft was weirdly tinny, man. So. But yeah, so that that's coming. That's happening uh, soon, TM. I, I get the sense it won't be very long because uh, the anniversary started, um, I want to say Sunday? Yeah, it started Sunday. It was, no, it was December 31st. Yeah, that was Saturday. Yeah, so Saturday is the, the, original, the official 20th anniversary of Diablo, so the celebration goes from there. Uh, in World of Warcraft, for instance, we know that there's going to be something, uh, apparently tomorrow is when the whatever the Diablo celebration in World of Warcraft is going to be, it'll be then. Um, yeah, uh, Tears, of the, Tears of the Storm also has like its uh, special brawl, which is coming tomorrow. Um, I forgot to pay any attention to Hearthstone because they also have a brawl theme for Diablo. I don't know if that went live today or if that's coming tomorrow as well. I think that's tomorrow. And I know Overwatch, I think Overwatch is releasing some sprays that are Diablo themed. Yeah. I think. And then um... Starcraft 2 gets like a portrait or something. Yeah, they get a portrait or banners or something like that that are Diablo themed. I don't know. The World of Warcraft one is the one that I'm really interested in because it sounds like it's going to be an actual like event event with things that you can collect like toys and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it seems like some of the games cared more than others. Like the one like StarCraft where you just get a portrait, they're just like whatever Diablo, we don't care. We'll <laughs> just chuck problem. that in there. We'll just chuck that in there cuz it's easy. Your um, birthday, not ours. Well, and I think that probably part of it too is just, you know, they aren't. They don't have as much development going on with StarCraft at the moment as they do with World of Warcraft. They've got enough people on World of Warcraft that they could, you know, throw some people at it and make it really cool. But um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of into it because like the description, the description for the anniversary event said something about how some of Tristram's citizens are going to be appearing, and get, and I'm like, just bring us Deckard Kane. Just bring yeah. us Deckard Kane. Put Deckard Kane's head in a bubble and have him follow us around and narrate everything. And I will be happy. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm keeping my expectations in check because I think they also, te they tease like the whole, there is no cow level thing. Yeah. So theoretically they just have, have us kill a Torin who drops loot or thing, you know, and that'd be like okay a normal too. unnamed Torin, just a guy. It's like, there's no cow level, but you killed him and you got oh, whatever. It could oh, be yeah. awesome, but we have I'm no idea. Yeah. Also, but also today, today while that news came out, um, the also we got was that the Nighthold raid got a preview finally, um, including a schedule dump. So we now know when this thing will be going live and how long it will be going live for. Uh, that's pretty. That's a pretty big deal because a, based on other statements, it kind of gives us an idea of when we might be seeing 715. Technically, Nighthold and 715 are not linked. Uh, Nighthold is considered to be seven, you know, current content. It's not considered to be next to tied to that patch. But they've also said they won't drop a major patch like right in the middle of a raid tier. So possibly the Nighthold raid preview tells it gives us a clue as to when seven one five will be out. Um, yeah, which is um, the seventeenth, which is when the first wing of Nighthold opens. That's yeah. when Normal and Heroic opens, and then um, Mythic and Raid Finder Wing One. Those open on the twenty fourth, and they're 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 doing that thing where they're delaying. Two weeks staggering. Yeah, every every two weeks. Finder. It's really. I, I mean, I don't also know why you're... they're doing that. I don't know why they're doing that. I'm surprised by it this time as well. Like I didn't. Like I looked at the schedule and I saw the seventeenth and twenty fourth. That made sense to me. 
Like, yeah, a week. There's a week difference between them. But then I looked, and then from 24, January 24th, you have to February 7th for, for Wing 3. I mean, for Wing 2. Wing 2 doesn't come out for, for two weeks. Then you've got February 21st is the next wing after that. So that's another two weeks. And then it's, it's the, final, the final wing doesn't come out till March 7th. So it's that's kind of a lot. That's that's a lot of the, the of time between wings, more so than I really understand. Uh, but that's how it is. Every Tuesday, basically every Tuesday, every two weeks, you're going to get more another wing in LFR. Well, and keep in mind that that that's not going to be the only thing going on, because obviously, you know, you're going to have the whole 715 released and then Nighthold's going to be out. And then once all of that is out, 7-2 is probably going to hit the PTR. And then at some point, probably after a couple weeks, you know, they're going to be on the PTR for a while there. Probably until that last part of Nighthold releases. Until we see. So there's going to be like this progression of there's consistently going to be things on the PTR, even if you're getting bored with what's going on in game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I, just, yeah. And, I don't really understand what the, you know, the, the, goal of delays are besides i don't know know, it's it's a time gate they want it to last they don't want people uh clearing it in like a week and being done with it no i understand that part but i think at this point it's kind of people tend to run i mean i don't know if people run lfr how much they run it anymore it feels to me like when i run lfr i run it like once or twice just to see the fights and i'm done because if i want to get gear around as good i can just keep doing world quests so there's no motivation for me like i'll do normal heroic grading and I'll keep doing it, but for LFR, uh, for me personally, LFR has become, I do it once, look at the fights, okay, and then I'm done. I don't go back. Whereas for other people, maybe LFR is more interesting. I don't know. I, I can't speak to anyone else's use of it. But to seeing the Nighthold one is kind of... The Nighthold itself, however, looks fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'm very... It looks interested. gorgeous, and the fight, like, the, the bosses in it look really fascinating, too, so... I'm sorry. Anytime I'm going to actually get to fight Tachondrius. I mean, come on. This is since Warcraft. I mean, yeah. Dang. Finally. uh, It's about time he showed up again. The the Chronomatic Anomaly is one of the more interesting fight designs in my in my opinion. Not just for the mechanics of it and how they're going to do it, but what it reminds me of and what it basically implies. uh, It's really fascinating to me. Uh, So I'm I'm interested in that fight. I'm interested in a lot of it. A lot of it too is it's getting to see more of like it's going to advance the Suramar story. It's going to it. This is the first raid we've had yet that actually advances the main Legion story. Like since Legion launched back in in August, we have not had a raid that advances Legion story. We've had well, we've had raid. these side branching things that kind yeah. of it, it doesn't plan. I guess it's not the main Legion story, but what it is is like the zone stories. It furthered yeah. those and kind of brought those well, to a close. One of them did. I mean, I'll give you Emerald Nightmare. Trial of Valor and didn't really feel like it advanced Stormheim's story so much as it was like, hey, remember the dungeon and the, the you've already done with these characters? Well, here they are again, but this time one of them dies. And I just, <laughs> I'm not. Trial of Valor did not impress me on a story level. See, it doesn't mean it's not fun, but. I think the only thing that I'm not like really immediately excited about in um, Nighthold, like in the Nighthold previews, is oh look, there's another scorpion, giant scorpion boss. Well, what what did we do to scorpions? I don't. Well, they're mean. They're just mean, right? Ah, off the I'm, a, I'm an mean, angry scorpion. Rah. I live I live in an area that has scorpions, like they're naturally occurring out here, and they're very obnoxious and highly poisonous, and you don't want to find them in your shoes. It is funny when I was going through the list of bosses, I saw because you know in the order that they're listed in that post, the first one listed is Scorpion. I was like, 
well, this doesn't bode well because it's uninspired. <laughs> like, it's just scorpion with an R in it, and it's just a big scorpion. This is not inspiring in any way. Uh, Instead probably... of one with, like, you know, mechanical stuff strapped to it, this one's just made out of crystals. Yay! I, then I kept scrolling. I was like, oh, this looks cool. This looks cool. Oh, that looks awesome. I'm super into that. And I scroll back up. I'm like, what's this scorpion doing here? What does this even have to do with this raid? It's like Thok. It's like the Thok of the raid. They put Thok in that, you know, Siege of Orgrimmar, the orcs went and got Thok. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is much more like Megara, where she's just there, you know? It's like, they happen to have the Nighthold, and there's a big scorpion before you get in. Just lives in the bottom. It's like, nobody cares about it. So, of course, the the only way to sneak into Nighthold is through the cave with the big scorpion, because nobody goes that way, because it's a big freaking scorpion. Because there's a big scorpion there, yeah. So we have to kill the scorpion. Oh, well. It's basically like the G-Kun or the, the Megara of this dungeon where it's like you got to get by it. It's it's like the reason nobody ever comes this way is because there's a giant monster. So they just kind of like have yeah, we, that's creepy. Have we seen any other scorpions in or around Suramar? No. I, no. This is there the are not scorpions there. No, there's just this guy. So there's just this one who's really boring. and Maybe has- that's why he's mad. He's the only one. He has no friends. No he's friends. Just, he's just lonely. That's all. I gotta say, I'm I I agree with the basic. I what I'm hearing here is that nobody is tremendously excited about the big scorpion, and I agree. Why is he even there? But I think it's tr- just you know like Siege of Orgrimmar. I liked the Siege of Orgrimmar raid, but the fight with the big scorpion was just kind of like, eh, well, it's there in guarding the gate of the city so i guess we have to kill it if we want to get inside it does feel like they took iron juggernaut out of siege and instead of having (laughs) be where it was they put it in front of like the first boss of siege so you had to get it turning it into the boring thing you had to get around yeah yeah this just feels like a retread of that and i'm not like excited about everything everything else everything else in here sounds amazing so so you're looking at suramar right and you're talking about a basement area full of weird crystals. Hmm, what could be dwelling down there that's already been established in Suramar? I don't know, like the spider people? <laughs> Instead of yeah. just a random scorpion? Well, this, it feels like the scorpion is like a refret of the, skill, the skittering things that we've seen, the skittering rock things. But they're usually around the, the spider people. So yeah, it could have been a big spider. But then again, lots of people get freaked out by big spiders. Not like, even a big spider, like one of the spider people, like the, the drider fellas. Uh, I yeah, it could have been. Although I think they're not there because they're like cast out. So whatever. I'm it's looking at the attic for like a weird drider dude to be like. Looking. I'm gonna talk about this one guy that they have here. Um, we got a spider in our basement. High botanist Talarn. Yes, he looks super cool. Yes, he looks super cool, and he also, it's like they have that guy in in um when you're doing the Suramar campaign. There's that guy that helps you out um with the with the Arcanor, who's not a druid. He predates druidism. The way he approaches plants and life and so forth is very much, you know, I use arcane magic to affect plants because I think plants are cool. And this guy's like the ultimate manifestation of, I think plants are cool and I use arcane magic to affect them. And it's totally not, like, it's not druidical. It's a completely different approach. I really like it and I like seeing it. And it gives me hope that some after this expansion, some blood elves will be like, we could totally do that. Why aren't we doing that right now? We can, we have arcane magic up the wazoo. Why are we not doing weird stuff to plants with it? You know, this yeah. this guy is basically he he accomplished what high botanist Freywin was trying to do in 
um, Botanica. Botanica. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy I thought of immediately when I saw it. Yeah. Like, oh, he's like that dude in Botanica. Yeah, except this one was actually pretty successful in what he was trying to do. And I apparently, want that, I want that to carry on. I want that like to be like consequences of this. I think it's an awesome idea. I love the idea of like you know blood elves getting something that it works just like druidism, but it isn't druidism. So you can have blood elf druids without them being in the scenario. Circle. No, no. I I love this idea. Uh, even if it's just NPCs. I'm still like every time I hear somebody go, "Let's make blood elf druids," I'm like, "Shut up and take the druids you have." Stop Much it. I like the the only reason you want a Dread, Blood Elf I Druid is because you want a pretty, pretty Druid. No. Stop that. Yeah. Well, this quite is the frankly, same reason you want Gnome Druids. Oh, they'd be real cute. No. no stop like, if you, that. No, if you're besmirching Gnome Druids, I don't know if we can be friends. We can't be friends. <laughs> gnome Druids are amazing. Cuteness and prettiness are an essential part to a player's enjoyment. <sighs> but also... You, you know, not even talking about that dude. There's Tychondrius right below him, and Tychondrius looks amazing. I mean, I'm yes, sorry. hello. And that uh, weird Eridar with the rock shoulders is back from the Broken Shore. Yeah, I don't care about him, but Grand Magistrix Elisand, I'm sorry. Her and um, Star Augur Atreus, um, these two Nightborn just look like they're going to be cool as heck. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what the fights are. Um, I'm quite frankly, I almost wish the fight start. I almost wish we stopped at Elisanda and we didn't have gold on because there's gold on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah, that's another thing. Like the bookends of the raid are the two fights. I'm like, eh, a scorpion and Gul'dan. <laughs> Gul'dan that. came in riding a giant scorpion. <laughs> I might be more interested. <laughs> Hello, I'm Gul'dan. Drink this. It's a scorpion. What are you doing? Why are you riding a giant scorpion? This it time he's got basement. like he's got a chalice for us, but it's blue Kool Aid this time instead of green, and he um, wants us to drink it, and it'll turn us into crystallized scorpion people or something. Here, he knows that I like Gul'dan as a character. I think Gul'dan's useful and interesting, and yeah, he does evil and so forth. But honestly. I feel weird about him even being in this raid. Yeah, it, like, why is he there? I mean, I guess if he's working that closely with Alessandra to, like, use the Nightwell, then, yeah, we would probably want to put a halt to whatever it is that we're doing with him. Um, Spenbeard in the chat channel says, do you think we actually kill Gul'dan? I don't know. I mean, I would assume so, but at the same time, that would be kind of anticlimactic. Not quite on the level of, oh, I don't know, Cargath. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Cool Dan had like that's yeah. He's had multiple cackling escapes at this point. Just kill the man. The thing about Gul'dan too is we don't even know at this point if death for Gul'dan implies actual death because he keeps getting like Legion dudes keep sending him various places. For all I know, he's more demon than orc at this point. He may have an immortal demon soul. I really don't know. He he might. He might. Well, see, that's why it always confused me when we were talking about Warlords of Draenor and where it lies in the storyline and why it was significant at all, because it didn't feel significant at all, because the only thing we got out of it was Gul'dan. And I was like, well, if that's all we needed was Gul'dan, then why didn't they just use their own storytelling rules and say, oh, yeah, when he was torn apart in the Tomb of Sargeras, he wasn't really torn apart. He was just kind of assimilated into the Legion. He has an immortal demon soul. We have to say it like that every time we say yeah, it, right? It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's drawn out. It's an immortal, immortal demon, soul. demon soul. Okay, well, so he too. has one of those, and poof, he's popped back up again. Oh, no. Guess what? We didn't have to go to Draenor. So... The thing about Draenor, too, if you think about it this way, I know we actually have other stuff to talk about, yeah. so we probably should. 
Yeah. But the thing about Drano that's always fascinated me is this. If we didn't go there, if we had simply beaten those guys at the Dark Portal, put a guard around it, and stopped, we'd be fine right now. We'd be okay. <laughs> we'd probably be we'd probably be peachy keen dandy. I don't know. Tag, Taggart's like, no, we have to go through. Nope, we're not going. Just no, why don't cover we just it, not touch that? Let's... Cover it in masonry. I literally want you to bring as many rocks as you can and completely fill in this Sing entire crater. Sh- like cement just put as much cement we're just gonna make a big highway <laughs> over the middle of the blasted lands let's like, just do that and while i do support this 100 percent, i would feel bad leaving Yurel. yeah but i did we, like we hadn't her. met her yet Yurel anyway yeah we didn't know she existed and now it's like she never did yeah <laughs> stupid it's it's yeah okay so the other news thing that we should mention real quick here though before we jump into anything else is that the new oasis map is live in overwatch right now and this is the one that has the highway of death speaking of highways of death yes it has it has the highway of death which is fascinating it's got cars on the freeway and things and you could you could target the cars with certain abilities so like some people can like grab the car and slingshot around behind them and things like that and then i I think Oasis is the one that has the, it has the jump pads too, doesn't it? It's got the jump pads in it. Yeah, it's got the jump pads in it. So there's a bunch of like new mechanic type things in this map and it's pretty cool. And if you enjoy Overwatch, you should probably go check out the map because it's pretty amazing. Alrighty. Well, uh, before we do emails, Alex. Sure. uh, If you enjoy our show or our podcast in general, it would be a big help if you checked out Loot Crate. If you head over to lootcrate.com slash BW. Enter the code BW, get $3 off a new subscription. And we have the current Loot Crate. We received it quite recently. And what's in it this month? Give us a rundown. Okay, so December's theme, because they have a theme every month. December's theme was Revolution. And it was kind of on the heels of the whole Assassin's Creed movie release. So there was a special limited edition Funko Pop of the dude from Assassin's Creed. And unlike the ones that they actually released in conjunction with the films and stores, this one he's crouching, like he's perched on top of a building, which is pretty cool. I thought he was neat. What I thought was really neat, though, was once again, we got ourselves a book in a loot crate. And I love it when they put the books in the loot crates because they always have the best books. And this month's was no exception. Um, The book's called Figure Fantasy, and it's the pop culture photography of Daniel Picard, no relation to Jean-Luc. What this guy does is pretty phenomenal. He takes action figures, like just, you know, the action figures you go buy in the store, that kind of thing. And he Mm -hmm. poses them in situations that look like real life. And between the way he has them situated and the filters that he uses and everything, it looks like they're real. Um, so it's like this little coffee table book is basically what it is, but it's a really cool coffee table book. Uh, and on top of that, uh, this month's loot pin was an Assassin's Creed loot, loot pin. And, um, if you enter in the code, you get an excerpt of the Assassin's Creed, the, the movie novelization. I think it's called Heresy, if I remember correctly, but it's by Christy Golden. <laughs> who we are quite familiar with. Who we're she's very done, uh, familiar with. <laughs> she's done quite a bit of Assassin's Creed stuff. One thing I, th- I thought was um, funny about this crate is I saw, I was reading what like other people were saying about it. Uh-huh. And people who had no familiarity with the Assassin's Creed franchise were like, my Funko is defective. It's missing a finger. I need a replacement. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the thing. The Assassins are missing a finger. Like that's totally normal. That is accurate. That it's is part not of the franchise. <laughs> yeah. That's intended. It's a plot point. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that was this. Uh, didn't it also come? I can't remember if that was this month or last month. Didn't it also come with uh, like a Firefly patch? Um, I think the Firefly. Yeah, there was a Firefly patch in there, and then there was also a T-shirt from. Um, I want to say, what was the T-shirt from? Mr. Robot. Yes, Mr. Yeah, Robot. Yeah, Mr. Robot, and then there was like a, there was a little revolution themed magazine, and they put out the magazines every month. They kind of go over what's in the crate, but they also do interviews with people and stuff like that. And then the box, if you turn the box inside out, like fold it inside out, it actually makes like a cathedral looking thing for your Funko Pop to perch on top of, which was pretty cool. Yeah, which is cool, but uh, I don't have room for that. No, neither do I. A <laughs> <laughs> whole diorama just for a little Funko. But it's but, uh, okay. It's yeah, okay because check... Aguilar he he got to join my um, Warcraft Funko pops. So yeah, you can check that out. Uh, loot Crate also has lots of different crate options. They also have loot wear if you just want to buy shirts and accessories and that kind of thing. They have Loot Crate DX if you want more stuff in your box. There's Loot Pets. Uh, this particular, if you're looking for the next box, uh, which is the theme is Origins, uh, that's Captain America, Superman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the origins of these various heroes is the next month's theme. Mario too. Yes, you can get that up to January 19th. So before January 19th, lootcrate.com slash BW, enter the code BW, get $3 off, do it, that would be awesome. Alrighty then. Um, yeah, I was just about to say, before we hand over the emails to Anne, please remember that the email... The podcast email is podcast at blizzardwatch.com. You can, you know, if you throw in, you know, something like for the podcast or for the lore cast or whatever, it helps us when you're doing your subject Just line. Just put Blizzard Watch in the subject line if it's for the Blizzard Watch show. And if it's for Lore Watch, put Lore Watch in the subject line. That works. We'll pretty much cover anything you want to talk about. Yep. Um, that's what we do. And you've been trying really hard to keep your top, your lines short. I mean, that's really been very helpful. So thank you guys. They're very much. so brief today. And I appreciate that as the person that has to read all these things out loud. Speaking of reading them out loud, you're up. <laughs> Yep, our first email is from Marilyn, an alliance mage from Zeros to Heroes on Storm Rage, who says, Hello, watchers, Patreon supporter here. Thanks. Uh, they said they have, they have uh, two questions for us all. First, what is the best way for readers to indicate that an article or topic is interesting to us and we want more? For example, the recent article reminding us about all the holiday stuff in each of the games was very helpful. How do I let you know that? Comments seem obvious, but it seems very random what people comment on en masse. Um, Alex, I'm going to let you address this one because you're the head dude in charge. Um, yeah, uh, the comment, if you want to leave comments, just leave comments. If people are commenting off topic things and you want to comment on topic, comment on topic. Um, uh, people like to use our comment system as like a, a message board for some reason, like a personal message board. And that's fine. Take the fun with that. But don't let that like just detract from you leaving like relevant comments. Do that anyway. But there's other ways. You can email us. Our contact information is on the site uh we're all on twitter you can either tweet at blizzard watch you can tweet me at alex ebart we see all that stuff uh, just reach out however you'd like there's no like single way to contact us just if you use twitter use twitter if you don't use twitter leave a comment Send which one is the general email is that the one that's hello uh, i believe so it's yes hello at blizzardwatch.com yeah, it's all on our contact page which um you might have heard me typing because i would have confirmed this before say yes <laughs> uh I want to say Let's just say that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Reach out. Get in touch. 
We like to hear these things. And we're glad that you really like the holiday stuff article. Uh, second email, or, or second question. Are you all still doing the tavern stuff, non-Blizzard-related articles? If so, can you remind us of how to get there? I guess my inability to find it means that it was discontinued, but I could have perhaps tried harder. Thanks for all the great work this year, Marilyn. And Alex, I'm going to let you address that one, too. Sure. Um, the tavern was meant to be a temporary place for us to do off-topic stuff because we fully intended to have a secondary site where we posted just that stuff. And we kind of just wanted to get started because getting us putting a site together is kind of involved and we wanted to launch it uh, looking slightly better than Blizzard Watch originally did when we launched it in a hurry. It was pretty ugly in those opening months. Uh, we wanted to avoid that. But Adam got real busy at his primary job and he's kind of our tech guy. So he didn't really have the time to put that together. So at the moment, it's on hiatus, and we're like, well, it's kind of pointless to keep putting this stuff on Blizzard Watch and cluttering it up if it's not going to have its own home. And um, It's on hiatus, discontinued, potentially returning. Floating, floating in limbo. Yeah. Um, it, it just stopped making sense to put that on Blizzard Watch because the other project got delayed heavily. So we'll see what happens. For now, it's gone. Okay. Our next email is from Alessander, who... Writes us emails all the time, and this one's actually a pretty good one. He says, why does the Worgen curse only affect humans and night elves? A Torrid Worgen would be a pretty cool boss someday. Um, Rossi, you want to jump in on that one? Honestly, I don't know that we know that it only affects humans and night elves. Uh, we know it affects night elves because night elves were the first ones to develop it. They were the, like, it was night elf druids who actually it, made it. It originated with them, really. And it, the fact that it spreads through contact was a surprise to them. They didn't know it did that either. Uh, I just this is I just got Curse of the Worgen on my iPad. Like I've I had it like a paperback, but it's much easier for me to read on my Kindle, like the Kindle app. So I've I've yeah. been reading it. Um, one of the things that's interesting about it is when Rilar developed it, he he and his people didn't even know that they were going to become Worgen. Like, that's not what they were going for. They were trying to perfect the pack form. The pack form is just being a wolf, uh, much as, you know, you've got the, the, the bear form or, you know, moon. What, what, I you don't should know. have asked the shaman because, I mean, they've been doing the whole spirit wolf thing for how long now? Yeah, but they turned into, like, ghosty wolves. They don't well, just turn yeah, but, I mean. But anyway, they were trying to, to tap into the pack form and, and basically emulate, um, you know, Logosh. I can't remember Logosh's other name, and that's the, the important one because it's a the scythe of a loon is made from goldrin they were trying to emulate goldrin cuz say logosh was varian somebody very different but logosh yeah is, no logosh is the orcish word for the same oh okay anyway yeah goldrin they, they were trying to emulate goldrin and they didn't understand what they were doing and in terms of why you know i think it would be possible for any druidic race to become um a, a worgen basically and i think that includes humans cuz their humans have that kind of semi-druidic old religion thing that the Gilnean people had that for the whole time but why we've never seen it is simply just it hasn't really been an issue um the the people of Gilneas were you know having mass worgen attacks so there was a good chance of getting bitten current worgen they were isolated worgen. cut off from the rest of azeroth and happened to be stuck in a valley where there was the tree reflection of the tree that the worgen and the emerald yeah, dream originally. had been imprisoned under so i mean it was just a matter of oh proximity they're right here and also nobody can get into gilneas and they can't get out so they're stuck and currently like if you're playing a playable if you're a player worgen right now you've gone through the right of you know and at the tree you're not spreading the curse anymore like you have to deliberately do it it's not just 
every time I bite somebody, they turn into a worgen because you're you're more in control of yourself. That's another reason why if you know you take your worgen play your player character worgen goes into say Warsaw Gulch and, and attacks a uh, a Torin, they don't get they don't turn into a worgen because you know a I'm probably hitting them with the sword or something, and b I'm not. You know, it's not as out of control. The, the thing's in balance. But I'd love it's to see... It's not like the Wrath of the Lich King zombie invasion. I've said this for years now. I want, like, Night Elf Worgen. I really yeah. do. I, I want to be able to play one. I get that you have the whole Gilneas starting zone thing, but I've always wanted them. I think they really would be cool to play one of the original ones because they're out now. And they can't... Like, you go... And f- even when you get the Scythe of a Loon on your Druid, don't you even go and find them. Like, you go yeah. around and find those guys in Legion right now. The original yeah. Worgen are out there. That was really confusing to me as somebody who isn't playing a druid, because every now and then you just stumble across, like, a Worgen dude in the woods in Valshara in his underwear. Oh, yeah, that's a druid thing. If you're carrying around the scythe of a loon, they're basically, just... you know the you know the uh, Gilneas people that, like, settled on the shoreline? Yeah. In Bradensbrook? Okay, so these guys are, like, Bradensbrook people. Some of them are, I mean, and then some grasp, of them are, yeah. I know what they are now. It was just weird. Like the first time I just came across, like, it's like, a wolf who is the... that guy? What's going on? Yeah. Like, what some of the I... original, yeah, some of the original worgen are out there. So yeah. I would love for that to be playable. In terms of like a Toron worgen, um, you kind of get into the point where you know, uh, I'm I'm a humanoid cow man, but I also turn into a big wolf man. It's like, dude, you're just layering this. Like you're a turducken at this point. You are a you're a cow wolf turducken that's what you are stop turduckening it Just and stop given, it. given the worgen don't actually use any of their worgenness in a fight you might as well just be a cow man yeah cow men are bigger it's well plus i mean you know war torn are already like druids so torn already turned into wolf like cow bears and cow cats and cow moon things moon owl people i, Co- I don't they turn, they turn into cowls yeah so there's a lot of that already. I, I don't know. I, but I, I, would, I would think it would be cool. I've always liked the idea of the Worgen curse spreading to others. And I know Anne will get mad, but I've, you know, I think it would be hilarious if you've had a, like a, a gnome Worgen turns into like a very small wolf, like a chihuahua or something. Because I have a dog, and my dog is like a small. Pomeranian. Yeah. A little Pomeranian football. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrifying, actually. In its own way, because they have sharp teeth, man. My yeah. dog has sharp teeth. She doesn't even mean to hurt you, but she's biting. It's like, ow. Ow. Stop it. I have to admit that I do love, like, gnome tanks. I think gnome tanks are amazing. I love watching them because they're so small and everything they fight is so big. <laughs> I, miss, I miss being my monk. Yeah. My monk, when we would go into dungeons and my monk would just flip out on things. It was like, it was like watching Yoda constantly go nuts but with green pigtails. Yes. So that yes. was kind of and that's always fun to watch, too. Okay, so uh, our next email is from Mantrasan, a human paladin, who's a proud supporter on Patreon. Thanks, Mantrasan. They say, Happy New Year, Blizzard Watch. Congrats on making it to the new year, and here's to another year of amazing podcasts. I was reading about Aloon on Wowpedia and came across an interesting exchange between Velen and Taronda. The former suggested that Aloon was Anaru, while Taronda quote-unquote, cordially requested that he refrain from making such outlandish claims when in Darnassus or in the presence of Elune's priesthood. My question is, how do the races of Azeroth feel about each other's religions? How do the humans regard the night elven worship of Elune? How does that elves feel about some Draenei revering the elements? Or how do the orcs feel about the Loa spirits? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Cheers. 
Um, I feel like I should preface this before we get into like an actual answer and mention that that exchange between Velen and Taronda, that wasn't actually in game anywhere or anything. That was an answer to a C-Dev question in which somebody asked if a loon was an Aru. And that was my fault because I wrote a column where I pointed out that a loon could very well be an Aru. It, it's almost like the person who selected this email might have done it because he knew you would be reading it. Right, right. So, um that that answer that exchange between the two of them and that answer was basically blizzard's way of non-answering that question either because they hadn't determined it yet or they didn't want to reveal anything in advance so uh but moving on how do the races of azeroth feel about each other's religions i don't know i don't have they ever had like those big conversations about that rossi we know that we know that the humans kind of and humans in the in the high elves back when they were high elves kind of had a sort of convergence of religion for lack yeah. of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they both thought the, the light was pretty keen. Well, there's actually even a thing. Like I remember when I was like going through the various stuff on like, you know, Warcraft's one through three, there's even like some stuff set up where it was the original form of human religion was a lot more primitive. Yeah. And when they, when the blood elves, again, I call them blood elves, but they were high elves at the time when the high elves first interacted with them, they kind of gentled them out. They were like, no, you can do it this way. And, at the same time, the human concept of the light was appealing to the high elves because it was like you could take the light of the sun and make it more metaphorical, which they were they were keen on because that made it less, you know, less tangible, which is something they were actually really into. So there's there was some synchronicity between the two. There was some syncreticism between the two. That's that's actually established in game. Um, and like one of the things that's cool is like I, I don't every artifact has lore. When you get your artifact knowledge, that you get more lore in your lore book. And I've been reading up because Strong Car is one of the the artifacts. I've been reading up a lot about the origins of human history. Yeah. And the humans in the night and the again I keep saying like blood elves, but I mean high elves. No, this is high elves. Yeah. Um, so Kelderai. Kelderai. Okay. Kelderai. When when the, when Kelderai. they yeah when they got together, um, one of the things that happened was the humans at first weren't too keen on them. Like they were like. Eh. They, they're kind of snooty, and we don't really have much to do with them, and their ways are strange. We'll just let them and the trolls fight it out. And even though we're fighting the trolls too, we'll just let them do their thing. And it was basically – it was direct contact between um, – oh, bloody heck, Thoradin. Between Thoradin and their, you know, uh, Anisterian um, – yeah, because Anisterian was king at the time. It was direct contact between them that, that basically changed the way humans practice their religion. The human religion was very big. What we have now is, is the, the religion that the humans have, the light worship, started in Tirisfal. And it literally started by humans that were like basically scattered around the tomb of Tyr. And it's, it is actually Tyr worship. That's where it comes from. And after a while, it went from Tyr worship to light worship. And it's really interesting because it's connected to – remember um, when you do Siege of Orgrimmar? And there's, I want to say, Norken or Norushen. Norushen. When he he basically starts pulling the light out to fight yeah. the Shah, that's apparently that's the same stuff Tyr did, and that's why they worship the light. And that's that comes into the 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 high elves basically took their sun, you know, the the sun well worship, and they com- kind of combined it with the humans' light worship. So that's one example where the two races each kind of learn from the other. Oh, hey, the, both of these things are golden and shiny. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the the dwarves, for instance, dwarves are very much into ancestor worship too, like much like humans were. The human light worship is all based in ancestor worship. They just use Tyr as the ultimate ancestor. They kind of confuse Tyr with them, and in a way, he is their ancestor. He's a Titan forged. They're Titan forged. Uh, so the the dwarf stuff kind of 
went into it much in the same way. They had that same weird approach where light, Titan, it all kind of fit together. So you've got those races. They've all talked about their religion. They've kind of all shared with each other. It went in different ways, but there's that. The Torn are fascinating because the Torn kind of seem to take everybody else's religion and go, yes, well, we have a religion, but we have a legend about that too. Like them and the Night Elves have done that a lot. Like the whole Anshe, uh, Musha, uh, not Musha, I can't remember. Yeah, Musha. Yeah, Musha. The whole Anshe, Musha thing and how they relate Musha to Alun and how there's there's a lot of they, the night elves have a lot of stuff in their religion that the torn are like oh yeah we have a, a legend about that too we tried to kill him with spears like uh, <laughs> no seriously that's the scenarius's dad yeah uh, malorn look yeah. they call him aparo and they have this whole myth about how he got with the loon because they were trying to murder him with spears and so he jumped into the sky and the loon was like i'm not letting you go unless you love me and he was like okay and that's how <laughs> that's their that's their legend for how Scenarius was born. That the the turn are like, yeah, we totally tried to kill him, and that's why he exists now. It's sort of interesting because you know it's been confirmed like night elves are the first druids, like Malfurion was the first druid, but you still have these Torin legends that imply that they were taught the ways of druidism like long before that, maybe before they even called it druidism. Maybe that's the interesting thing because you've got that primitive proto druidism. Yeah. Even, even in Suramar, you have it. There were yeah. night, night elves who had a different, it's like the way of druidism was a response to people being like to doing it wrong. Yeah. Like scenarios looked at people and they were like, Oh, but you're doing it wrong. Okay. I'm gonna have to teach this guy. All right. You, this is how to do it right. Oh, okay. Sure. Can my brother learn? No, he's a jerk. You can teach him if you want to. I ain't dealing with him. The dude. I'm not gonna teach him. But if you want to like tutor him or whatever, go right ahead. Knock yourself you, out. You don't have any magic wind chimes coming around telling you he's a nice guy. That guy is a jerk. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. yeah if for religion, on like a personal level, you know that kind of not entirely serious quote. How you know Valen said Elune is actually Naru and Tronda was like no. Um, just if that exchange had actually happened. Toronto's response is incredibly polite. Very. It's that, imagine, it's that chilly polite. <laughs> you know, you have multiple religions. Everybody is mostly respecting, like, okay, well, I don't believe in that thing, but you do, and that's cool. But then somebody comes along and is like, actually, your god is my god. You're just too dumb to realize it. You're going to be like, hold up. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Well, well, I think Velen was just sure. trying to be kind because Velen was like, did you know that this whole thing that you do with a loon? I mean, when you describe it, it sounds a lot like how we talked to, to the Naru and I could t totally teach you guys how to do that if you want to. And Toronto's like, yeah, how about no? <laughs> and yeah, she was cause... just, she, it was, I could totally see it playing out in game too. Just this very polite and stilted you know, yeah. kind of exchange not, between the two of them. So you're not really dealing with two individuals. You're dealing with the high priestess of a loon of moon worship and Valen, prophet Valen of the light. And the prophet's like, actually you're worshiping the light. Uh, you're wrong. You're not worshiping the moon. That's totally the light. Uh, that's not something that the high priestess of a loon is going to take kindly to. No, uh, but it you, is actually very similar needs that to level a, of respect. You, you do see that in actual world religions all the time. They, yes. they do absorb each other. They do say, hey, your gods are not like our gods. That sort of stuff happens. What's interesting is that because WoW has religions from other worlds in it, um, you ask, like, how do the orcs feel about the Loa? The orcs have a religion that's based a lot on ancestor worship and spirit worship, and it's very transactional. Like, if you look at orc religion, it's very much 
please help me, elemental spirit, and I will, you know, propitiate you with my devotion. It's very much a please, you know, please, can you do this? And we'll do this for you sort of thing. And the, the, the goblins took it to incredible mercantile levels. Goblins were like, let's have contracts with the elementals. And the elementals were like, no, man, we're not. Let, we're let's not make doing a deal that. here. You yeah, know. So that the lower are interesting because the lower are also rooted in ancestor worship. So if you're an orc and you're talking to a troll and he's telling you, yes, the loa came and helped me. And he's like, really? Like what loa? Well, my, you know, my great grandfather, this guy who's a great hunter, and you know, he came because Sam, you know, Swamdi sent him, and he's like, oh, well, that's yeah, my grandfather used to come do that stuff for me too. Okay, that makes sense. What's more There's... interesting, I feel, is that there was back when they first introduced um, Centabra, and that was what was that? Was that pre-Cataclysm when they took the Echo Isles back? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, was pre-Cataclysm when they took the Echo Isles back. Um, there was this whole thing where they were talking about the Loa, and then there was further. Um, further mention of that later on about how the troll druids kind of went to the Cenarian Circle and said, oh yeah, you know those ancients that you have? Those are like, we call them Loa. And the druids were just kind of like, the, the night owls were kind of like, that's nice. I guess we'll let you join much, our group. Much, much, <laughs> it seems what we're saying is oftentimes people go to the night elves and say things that are vaguely insulting about their various and religions. And the night elves are always, always, always just politely, well, that that's that's good. That's could, that's nice. You, you could certainly think that if you wanted to, I suppose. We're just going to keep doing our thing, but you you can come along for the, for the ride if you'd like. Um, just don't say that in front of other people, okay? Just kind of keep that one to yourself. And yeah, it's that seems to be how the night elves handle <laughs> anything like that. Is they're just they're, they're like remarkably polite about it, but they don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, over here on Earth, that kind of thing results in a holy war slash crusade, not the night elves kindly putting up I with think your part nonsense. Of it, part of it might be the fact that night elves are a lot older. Generally speaking, you're talking to night elf. They're probably a couple thousand years old at the least. At the so very least. So they're usually like, yeah, isn't that cute? The only time, like, with Velen, it must have been real awkward because Velen's older than all of them. So they're all sitting there going, oh, God, what do we do? We usually just kind of patronize him. <laughs> we can't really. Can we patronize him? We I can don't try. Think we can patronize him. Let's just. Taronda can. Taronda can patronize anybody. Taronda's <laughs> great at that. <laughs> Thank God she's here. She, you can do it. Yes, that's very interesting, Velen. If you don't mind, please refrain from saying that to other people. She's brilliant. I love how she. Okay, so we've got time here for, I think, like one more email. So I'm going to jump down to one of these quick ones because I actually want to address this one. Um, and this one is from Gorkwen who says, Greetings, Watchers. How do you feel about Blizzard's new strategy of giving you pointless tasks of fixed length to allow for exposition? See Havi's quest in Stormheim and how I suspect the end of the Exodar scenario should have been with a longer cast time on the Hearthstone-esque object whose activation prompts the scene. Thanks, Gorquin. Um, I'm going to point out another example of this. Anytime in Stormheim where you go to that dude and he's like, hey, can you toss things in a cook pot for me? That's or can Javi. you chop that, up? That's Javi. That's yeah, chop up the moose. Yeah, okay. So that is Javi. Why am I? I, I oh, I know this? why. Okay, I'm thinking of Hattie. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm going to answer Why this is question? the H-A for everything? Anyway. I'm going to answer this question, but first I'm going to need you to yes. go get me a sack of grain. While, and... <laughs> while you're doing this? Okay, I'll, yeah. go, I'll go take care of that. You talk. Seriously, I don't understand why they started doing this. It's like, I guess it's a way to bring back that mechanic of, they've had that kind of weird make me a thing mechanic since Wrath. 
The one I, can, I think of in my head is the pointless quest where I go out and get a whole bunch of fruit for a dude, and then I have to throw the fruit at him at okay, right. Okay, but that's the right not time. a pointless quest because you're making booze. So yeah, but I could just make booze, and it's in yeah. between. The thing is, is that that used to be a quest they would put in between other quests. Yes. And now they put it as a mechanic into the main quest, and that's it's, it I is mean, strange. It's just a way to hide that you're standing there while the NPC is delivering a monologue. Yeah. Make and you feel like you're doing something if you're not. I honestly feel like it's a little bit of a reference to the Karate Kid. It's like Javi is giving you pointless busy work, but it's supposed to like tie into what you're, he's actually telling you. Like the, when you're throwing the stuff in the pot, he's telling you about how this conflict got together sort of thing. But it doesn't really work because Javi meanders and doesn't really ever tell you anything straight. So it just feels like I'm well, making it. can't really because he's hiding sort of. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. yeah. Thing is, I play a night elf, so I'm always there. While I'm ever doing anything around Javi, I'm being irritated by his stupid birds. The birds don't like you. Yeah, and it's really tiresome. It's like I am the I am the battle lord. Like I'm in the Valajar area, and I'm I should get some respect from the Valajar. I'm sorry, I'm the battle lord. Meanwhile, the birds are like, yeah, eh. not just the birds hating you, but like Odin, we've already met, bro. <laughs> I you see you every day. We Like, we were just hanging out. I come out here and you're in a stupid disguise. I know you. We just had a drink. What is your problem? I gotta keep this under the... the I gotta keep it on the QT. Hell yeah, she might notice. Like, why do you care if she notices? Oh, God. But yeah, What is she I, gonna I, do to him? It's not like, already, she, you know... She's already doing bad stuff, man. Yeah. Can't get much worse than it is right now. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think I kind of appreciate it, though, because it's it's that whole, you know, concept of giving you something to do. So you feel like you're not just standing there. Like you said, Alex, it's it's just to keep you busy so that while they're doing this whole exposition, exposition monologue, whatever, you feel like, oh, OK, so this is part of a quest. This is part of it's just the tasks are kind of pointless. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind there. doing stuff while listening to a yeah. monologue, but but could you make them like a little more interesting? Where where instead cool. of the obvious, can you put st- can you chop up a moose for me and I'll talk at you? Like, you know what they did? They did in Suramar when you're going into the when you're finding the the place that's going to be the hangout for your your night. Yes, fire, yes. You, it still is basically pointless busy work. You wander around after you kill that thing and get her the the ancient mana crystals. You basically just walk around with her while she talks about how cool the place is. Right. But it doesn't feel like pointless busy work. It feels like you and your new friend are exploring this cave together. Yeah. And that's a that's a, it's exactly the same thing. It's it's still a pointless task of fixed length. Right. Really. But you're both walking around making the same discoveries. I guess. Honestly, I I don't know why it is that Felicera feels like a friend of mine. Like I, I feel bad for her and we hang out yeah. and I did I bandaged her up that time and you know, we, we, we kinda have a connection. Whereas Javi is this jerk. I bring her I, rocks, she eats them. Yeah. It's just like a really friendly relationship. I've, I've still, Javi I've is still this got jerk that uh constantly makes me do stupid things, so he'll tell me things. Yeah, I've like, still got that shameful crush in Beltois, but hey. Beltois's uh, pretty cool. You can see why she's really abusive. You you like that kind of <laughs> Oh, seriously, he likes Jack from what? Mass Effect. Come on. Oh, well, yeah, I okay. Like Jack. Yeah, all right. I can Alex, do that. Alex likes the Sundares. Come on. Okay. Don't go all any moo on me. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, go full well that I'm right. I don't mind these little, like, busy work activities. I don't. Like, whatever. They don't. I have to listen to the monologue anyway. I might as well be channeling a cast bar. Like, it makes no difference. The only one I don't like is that Hearthstone at the end of the Exodar scenario because um, 
I finished that cast time before I knew anything was there. I didn't know that end scene was there. I just went home. And from what I can tell, many, many, many other people also miss that scene because you have to start the teleport to yeah. prompt it. Um, that was uh, that was dumb. Just, in order to like not in order to not teleport away before stuff happens, you have to just not. Period. You just stay in there because it took it took them two minutes to show up when I did it. So yeah, it's not. And they don't start showing up until you start the timer. So like you almost have to know in advance. Yeah, it's it is very. Um, I'll say this. I think that they've they've handled it better and worse throughout this expansion. There are some places where they did a really good job with it. There's some places where it's not as great. But it is certainly not offensive. It's not. To me, it's it's better than the go gather me a bunch of fruit now make me some booze and now I'll tell you where to go find the tiger. It's you know I'll tell you where to find the tiger. While I'm doing so, while you're doing this other thing for me, I'll let you know what you need to know. I like that. I do like that. Okay. Uh, Well, that wraps us up for emails, and that kind of wraps us up for the show, too. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And also, if you're interested in getting hooked up with Loot Crate and supporting the show, you can do that by going to lootcrate.com slash BW, enter the code code BW to save $3 off on any new subscription. Again, January's theme is old school origins and includes items from Superman, Captain America, Mario, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sounds pretty cool. You should sign up. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, Again, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Put Blizzard Watch in the subject line if you can. Uh, Thank you guys very much for listening, and we will be here next week. 